Hello, Future Foodcast enthusiasts. We are here for another episode of Future Foodcast. And as usual, we are talking to thought leaders all in the food space. Today, get your taste buds ready because we are talking with Nathaniel Hausman. He is the North American president for Lauderach Chocolatier Swiss. Ooh, welcome to the podcast, Nathaniel. Thank you very much for having me. We are so excited to have you. One of the reasons is because you're in the food space and in a time when a lot of companies in the food space were having challenges and and shutting things down, you came to the United States and started opening things up. So can you share a little bit of your story with us and how it is that your Swiss chocolate company has come to the United States? Absolutely. So Lederach is the largest premium chocolate retailer in Switzerland. And it has become one of the largest premium chocolate retailers in the United States in a very short time. The company has been founded in 1962. It is a family-owned business, a third generation. And we are best known for our fresh artisanal chocolate that we produce bean to bar exclusively in Switzerland. And then we sell it directly in our 150 own stores around the world, as well as online. And this whole process is overseen by the current reigning world chocolate masters, Elias Lederach, part of the family of Lederach, in order to guarantee the freshest and highest premium chocolate in uh, the world, exclusively produced in Switzerland. So you can sum it up and say we exist to create the sweet moments of joy in everyday life. Now, in the last... Two and a half years, we have done a very rapid expansion in North America. We have opened 40 stores coast to coast and are now 360 employees within just the last two and a half, three years after we have started expanding into the North American market and have become now one of the largest premium chocolate retailers and pretty much one of the only ones available coast to coast. And that is the story of Lederach, and that is the story of Lederach in North America. Mm-hmm. And as you correctly said, during a very interesting time, expanding, opening stores, predominantly in brick and mortar in food. So an interesting journey we have made uh, so far. Well, we're going to dive into that a little bit, but I don't want to leave a couple things that you just said without investigation. Number one is the world champion or the the number one chocolatier explain is this a you said a family member because it's a family-owned business which i really like i I love supporting family-owned businesses i'm very excited for your entrance in the united states uh tell us about this award or label or how how do you earn that is there a competition or yes it's oh, basically the you can say the Olympics for chocolates, okay, <laughs> and uh, or the World Championship in chocolates. Okay. So um, it's called World Chocolate Master, and this is an award that is given every three years. Now it has been delayed because of COVID, mm. so he still is the reigning World Chocolate Masters, oh. um, and he has gained this award in two thousand and eighteen. That is a competition that then the finals are held in Paris. And before that, you have competition on a national level. So you have to become first uh, the Swiss chocolate masters in your country. And then each country sends the winner 
to Paris to compete with global pastry and chocolatiers on the world level. And yeah, that's a big deal. World. That's a big deal. You have to be essentially go through qualification rounds in your own country to then be sent to the world champion. Absolutely. Now you okay. ask, you know, is it a family member? Yes, it is. Elias Ladrach is part of the Ladrach family uh, that is currently running and operating the business in third generation. So okay. their grandfather has started in 1962 uh, the company in Switzerland and has now become a global leader and premium chocolate retailer uh, in the world. Wow, that's really exciting. And I also love the tagline that you shared with us, creating moments of joy. Uh, what, what was the complete tagline? Yes, in everyday life. In everyday so it life. Is, you know, for gifting, for occasions, but yeah. we are also a, a self-treat in, in everyday life. And uh, that's what we see in stores. And that is also very well supported, not only by our product, which we can, can guarantee this freshness, still being artisanal produced and in one factory in the Swiss Alps and then directly sold in our stores to our end consumers. So we have the whole supply chain in-house. And this is what makes us unique in delivering this freshness and this ultimate taste experience in store that we can guarantee and that sets us apart as a global chocolatier. It sets you apart as a company period, and then even more when you narrow it down to being a global chocolatier because companies are having trouble getting their products, however good they might be, to their end consumer. So Nathaniel, the fact that you own that supply chain end to end and, and you that is one of your, let's just go ahead and jump in on the customer experience piece of, of what you do at Lauderock because it's so important to, to you that your customer have that moment of joy in everyday life. And, and you have that in your stores. How do you do that? It's a combination of a few key factors uh, that gives us this unique product, but also experience in store. So the first that I can really eye back on is the product. So the supply chain in-house, we can directly source from also cocoa farmers, where we have direct relationships. So from the bean to the bar to you, we have the full control of quality and also freshness. So it starts really with the product that then has a unique taste and freshness that we can offer to consumers, which they taste, which they recognize, and which sets us apart. Um, and the product is what starts. But this is not the only component, of course. There is also, and that we have seen that, especially after COVID, but already before, clients really seek an experience when they shop. And what can be a better product than fresh premium chocolate? So it's not only the product, but it's also the concept, how it's sold. I don't know if you have been able to visit one of our stores, but it's the way we sell the chocolate is in unwrapped, in big, open, large plates out of the counter. So it's buying chocolate like on a fresh market. And we have a variety of over 20 different flavors where we can pick and choose. You see the ingredients and it already starts outside of the store. 
So we put this counter in our locations in the front window. So when people shop, they already see these large and different varieties of fresh chocolate laying in the window, which lures them in. And then when you enter the store, you have really a five senses experience. So you get this nice chocolate aroma in the store due to this open sold product. You are at the counter, you pick and choose, we sample, and it's an experiencing chocolate in the store and not just a buying process. It is really coming to a store and experience chocolate already while you buy it. And we have seen that, you know, with the big discussion of brick and mortar, uh, a lot of consumers buying online, which is true as well. But we have heavily invested in that brick and mortar of an experience with the perfect product, but with a really good concept that gives you that experience. And we have seen the clients come back strongly back out of COVID and really seek that. So, and we have even the validation in numbers. So when we look from 2019 to today, we are currently able to outperform the numbers um, versus 2019. And that's a very strong and good validator to really say what are customers and consumers seeking in retail when it comes to coming back, but in general, as a trend, uh, what do they seek next to a great product, next to freshness? So I can sum it up and, and say we're not only selling fresh chocolate, but we also sell it in a very fresh way, in an engaging way and in an experience. And that's well, why our clients come back to our stores and, and have been looking forward to do so. Yeah, Nathaniel, thanks for sharing all of that detail about I, I felt like I was a client walking by your store and seeing the chocolate right by the front window. And you do not have a store in my city, but I did look at the video and was already salivating, thinking about the chocolate, how it must smell, how good it is. And I think that a lot of companies have kind of commoditized their product, which you are not doing. You are you're all in on the other end where you're really looking to give your consumer and your lover of your chocolate an experience with you every single time they come in. I, I love how you just explained all of that. And I think your success, so the, also your locations are in places where people are, it's not you know where the everyday type stores are where you're going to run in to get milk and eggs. It is you know, in a little bit more of the luxury brand locations, right? Yes, um, I would say so, but I would not go to the extent to say luxury. I would rather okay. relate it to premium. Premium, and okay. It's also very important. We still need a high traffic location okay. because it is an indulgence. Chocolate is also an impulse buy very often. Mm -hmm. um, and as you know, I described, we sell out of the counter, so it's sold by weight. It is very sizable, so clients can also pick and select. Is it a, a little self-treat? Is it a gift? Is it a box? So the way in, in how we sell it, yes, in absolute premium locations, but also locations where we have high traffic. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, we have 40 locations in North America, predominantly in the US. So 37 of them are in the US, coast to coast, most of them on the Northeast. And you usually find us in very high frequency 
but also premium locations and shopping malls. Okay. So, for example, we are in Toronto at the Eaton Center. In New York, we are the only chocolate store on the street side at Fifth Avenue. We are at the Aventura Mall in Miami. We're in Boston in the Prudential Center. And when we go to Texas and, and California, we are in South Coast in California. So very well-known, premium, but high-frequented shopping streets or shopping malls where we have found our consumers or clients to be that seek fresh premium chocolate. So we're predominantly Northeast with the most stores, but we have in Florida, 10 stores, three in Texas, and nine of them in California. Plus, we in Canada, we are in Toronto. And yeah. this is also very interesting that we see now this global brand growing. So I was just on Monday, I visited our uh, Washington Union location in the train station. And I uh, was helping a, a client that had a question when I visited. And I found out that client was from Abu Dhabi, very well um, you know, known of our brand because they have shopped there frequently. It said, oh, I know you from there, from the Middle East, where your franchise partners. Now I'm here for a couple of weeks. And so great, you're here too. So we see this international traveling, also clientele, but also local residential clients that are seeking us in these locations that we have been able to open very fast during the last two and a half years, coast to coast. Very nice. Yes. And you are getting that international and in some of the locations you're in, there are a lot of international travelers who may be very familiar with your brand are excited, very excited that you're now in the United States. And, and that is thrilling. Uh, so your expansion, though, can you share a little bit maybe from the entrepreneur, because it, it really took a, a lot of foresight and, and a lot of commitment on your part, maybe not you personally, but certainly as a company to decide to come to the U.S. and in such a big way. Can you share with us a little bit about how that happened and the decision making? And Absolutely. So what is on the background of that, that we have seen at Lederach with expanding globally is a very strong and also longer trend of consumers being much more specific about what they consume about high quality, especially food, but products, fresh products, that it's important to them what is in the product, how is it produced, how does it taste, but the strong trend for fresh premium pro products and, and foods. And this is a long-term trend that we have seen that consumers seek more and more globally, but even more so in the US. And yeah. that is where Lederach is a perfect match to this trend. We're yeah, I want to say, uh, if friend. I could pause you there. Real quick, because that that is a huge trend, and we have seen that in the the different people that we've interviewed here on the Future Foodcast. Consumers do want they want to be able to know the ingredients that are in their products. They want to know that they're sourced well, which you own the sourcing from the beans, and they want to know that they're put together in a way that's considering how they're coming out. They want that fresh, natural, holistic approach to developing their products. And, and I can definitely see that match up with what you're doing. Sorry to pause you there. I just had to no, you're iterate absolutely right. right on track. Yeah. Yes. And also chocolate is an indulgence. 
And we have seen in that trend that if clients indulge nowadays, they more and more tend to do that without compromise. To so say, if I indulge, I want to have the best quality, the best taste. And that's where we are a perfect match to these trends that we have seen globally, but especially in the food sector and where Ledrach is such a perfect match to that. And that has given us the courage to take the brand international. And then when we looked, why the US, why North America? Um, we have also had a very good inkling about our, through our online sales. So before we had store locations and own operations in North America, we already sold to clients that know us from other countries and from Switzerland that have ordered our products when they went home. Okay. And on one hand, we saw that North America was the third largest market before even having physical store locations, which was a good indicator that we have fans, we have clients who want our products there. And then also frequent feedbacks from clients. And that's such a big benefit too with having own stores. You get directly feedbacks from clients that you can incorporate in the supply chain to the very beginning. Taste, but also where you should be. That have said, look, I have traveled through Switzerland, being on vacation, you're my favorite chocolate. When are you going to open in my neighborhood back in the US, back in yes. Canada? Come so see these, me. Come absolutely. see me. <laughs> so these are the, the, the points of internationalization, this trend, but also the validation in numbers and the feedbacks from our clients that have led the, the family to a very bold move to go into the North American market was at that time the first overseas large expansion with own stores and then directly to New York on Fifth Avenue. And I think you only do that if you're absolutely convinced about the product and your concept working in that market with that trend, but answering that trend very, very perfectly. And uh, that were a couple of considerations in taking the brand internationally uh, to say the world is ready for fresh premium chocolate, for a new way or a new type of chocolate, but also for a new experience in how you buy it. Yeah. And I, I really like that you had some of the data ahead of time because you had such a large online presence. Like you said, the, the international traveler who then came back home and said, I want my chocolate and, and went looking for you. And, and so you had some raving fans already here. I call them raving fans. You know, those fans that are going to talk to their friends about how good your chocolate is. And then that just kind of grows. And I'm sure that you saw those numbers and then that gave you a little bit more confidence to make the decision to have the international expansion because you could look at some of the people that were already customers that were here in the United States. Um, yes. So you made the commitment, you were over in Switzerland, you yes, made the yes. commitment to move to the United States. How has that been? Yes, super great experience, very challenging, of course. And uh, a very good point I, I would like to share, you know, a couple of learnings and, and, and uh, talk about this process. Yes, I would so love that. In, in, in Switzerland, I was uh, previously responsible for the European market in B2B for customer service and also export. And then I uh, took over the responsibility to do the international expansion to North America, first at the headquarter, and then at the right point, relocated 
to the US, to New York, to open our first stores and take over the responsibility for the North American market. Uh, and it is, from an experience, really starting to some degree a new organization and a new company. Yes. Because you are in a new market. We um, was the first overseas market. And a couple of learnings, also a bit more on the private side, that I, you know, things I wish someone told me three years ago of how it's going to be. Maybe the first one is the overall and embracing responsibility. You know, whatever you're told you're responsible for, it will always be an understatement. Because you do not just go and sell chocolate, you're building a new company from scratch with good support from the hack water, but you know, it's a large distance, six hours time difference. Um, and you have this embracing responsibility in, in a lot of different factors and, and topics that you have. Then certainly that speed beats perfection. <laughs> you know, when you go in two and a half years from zero stores, then you have COVID, then you do an acquisition of 34 stores, you roll it out, and two and a half, three years later, you have coast to coast 40 stores. You need to have the speed. You want to make also mistakes, but you want to make them fast. You want to learn, you want to implement in order to keep that momentum and that speed uh, that allows you to be successful. You know what I think I, that is such an important point for entrepreneurs, because even though you were part of the since 1962 family owned business and, and had grown with that support, what I hear you saying is really coming to the States, you still had that company support behind you, but it's also building a whole new company here and you're responsible for end to end everything that's happening there. You do have the, the support at a distance, but whatever's happening here, you were, you were building that and seeing that. And I think that's an important point to tell entrepreneurs, uh, fail fast, get, get going. And as I say in, in my business, done is better than perfect. And I don't, <laughs> I don't always do a very good job with that because it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to go forward and not have everything laid out perfectly. But I hear you saying that's exactly what you had to do to be successful in this endeavor. Yes. Then there are two or three other things. Um, one is certainly you need to learn on the fly. You constantly we need to be comfortable making decisions always about things you are still learning. And that has to do with that speed. But then also the organizational adaptation takes time. You know, it's an internationalization of a company. You're the test drive of it. That's very exciting. But you need to be aware of that. And you have an, a larger company that needs to adapt to you know, becoming international. And then certainly also lastly, you know, very interesting learning is the prioritization of the vital for the obvious. So, you know, I have learned that the ability to take payments from our clients very often proved to be more important to be successful in our business than the availability of products that I was always very concerned about being exclusively produced in Switzerland. So sometimes you care a lot about the very obvious risks, but you find then out that there are very vital points that are actually not your key business that you have to be even more careful about and, and take care about, especially in the beginning. And these were, you know, four or five lessons learned to me, very interesting also on, on, on a private level in developing into a new market, 
learning in it, how can you be successful? And most of it during a pandemic in establishing a brand in brick and mortar that, you know, basically the story is bringing an unknown retail brand and making it in two and a half years into one of the largest premium chocolate retailer in the United States, coast to coast. Wow. That is quite a statement and um, quite an accomplishment. So congratulations on that. And what does the future look like for you here in the U.S. or elsewhere? Yes, we are, of course, very excited about the future. We uh, want to continue to expand. We have more and more of our clients to say, well, you're now here, but can you also come to my city, <laughs> to my, uh, you know, um, area? And uh, certainly we see a, a big potential with this trend continuing in the United States, but also in Canada to expand. On a global level, we have quite, um, you know, a few more plans um, of certain countries we could see ourselves very well in. We have uh, expanded in the Middle East with franchise partners, but most of our stores are our, we, we operate on our own. Uh, and we have grown next to Switzerland and Germany in Europe, certainly the North American business but also want to expand more in Europe and then also have launched operations in China recently, where we also see a very strong demand of our product. So we are very committed to their product, matching the tastes of consumers globally very well and seeing that expanding very heavily in brick and mortar, but also online with that experience globally. So uh, very much looking forward. I look out for new store locations that we will have an open in North America, but also the availability of us and coming across us if you travel in, in more and more countries. Yes. Well, and certainly online. And as a part of the podcast, we'll have all that information and the links there for listeners that we have and viewers that we have that are in parts of the world where you don't have a brick and mortar store to know that they can still get your product is very exciting. And um, I know that you're going to gain a lot of new people to try your product, hopefully as a result of them listening to this podcast, hearing your story. I think a lot of people want to cheer for the entrepreneur, the family-owned business, the people that are putting themselves out there and taking the risk, and um, and and they want to reward that. I mean, I know on um, on an emotional level, you know, I'm that kind of person. I rather than the the large company, I'm all for the the entrepreneurial spirit, and um, that I mean, I am one myself, and I I love to support other entrepreneurs. So that's very exciting uh, to do that. Well. Nathaniel, we have covered a lot of different topics on our interview here today, but is there anything that you would like to say to our listening audience of the Future Foodcast? Uh, any thought you would like to leave with them? Certainly, I'm very excited of where we're heading. So look out for us on, on the in looking forward to the future expansion and you know bringing Ladrach and making it the reference brand for premium fine, fresh chocolate globally. And I'd like to invite everybody to uh, into that experience to come and visit us. Um, the best chocolate I am convinced you have. 
Well, and I might have to get a trip to Switzerland to do that, or at least New York next time I'm working up there. I'm definitely coming by your store. Thank you so much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed learning about your story and your company and your family, Nathaniel. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 